Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey Cobbers, from the land down under, this is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily, another day off for the cricketers today, but not for the Big Bash Daily podcasts. Thank you very much to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these podcasts through the two months of the Big Bash. That's been much appreciated. Give them a follow on Twitter at bluecrocmoney, bluecrocodile.co.uk. But today I'm joined by two of my fan badges, Naman Shah and Rito Mitra. We're going to have one final look at the rule changes that have been made to this Big Bash. It was a very hot topic of conversation towards the start of this competition, bringing the X-Factor subs in, the Big Bash boost point and the power surge to various degrees of acclaim, I think it's right to say. Naman, your overall perception of how Big Bash has brought these rule changes in and whether you think they've been of uh, of benefit or not to the tournament? Yes, I think the Big Bash pool uh, boss Sorry, I just completely moved. <laughs> the big bash boost point. Naman, yes. we've been doing this for two months. You should know it by now. <laughs> it's a long name and I always get <laughs> Yes, I think the boost point is good. I feel that out of the three rules, this has made the major impact, bringing out the criteria of uh, net run rate and uh, all the teams competing with the points and not the run rate and how many balls to achieve and everything. Uh, somewhat, I also like power playovers because this has changed the perspective of using the new ball bowlers up front and uh, we saw about Perth Scorchers, they only bowled uh, Jai Richardson for one max to max to overs and not there because the two power playovers were the game changers over there. So we have seen the difference of using the new ball bowlers. But I totally feel that X-Factor has n- not at all uh, made an uh, impact. 
instead of two x factors i think that they can use one and they could be that player could be used any time in any course of the match uh, so something sort of uh, changes needs to be done or maybe scrapped totally overall i feel boost point and uh, yes uh, the second power surge is a uh, good this too has made impact and i see the difference what about you reed so what's your perception of how they've worked yes i do agree with naman that big bash boost point and the power surge have added new dynamics to the game with the power surge particularly it's beneficial for the team chasing see if a team is chasing say 120 130 runs in the last 10 overs earlier you would say that 9 out of 10 times probably the team won't get there but now with the power surge they can use it optimally and can get very close to that but again x factor is one thing that i said we need to have a look at that apart from bismarck heat who have used ballet for mon immortal no other team has used that a lot naman when you were talking about the we'll start with off with the x factor sub when you were talking about that you were kind of dismissive of of it but you thought that they could maybe change it to make it better would you change it rather than just ditch it i always thought that x factor should be considered even in ipl also but i feel that it should be restricted only to foreign players like Likewise, a team gets an opportunity to include more than four players to get in the game. So I always felt right from the start in this T20 league, especially Big Bash and IPL, the X factor should always be the foreign player who can replace another foreign player in any time, any course of the match. I feel. this will allow more foreign players to participate because it's just restricted to four players and many of them are coming and not getting a single game they are just warming bench uh, for the entire season so i feel that this could be one thing uh, which can be done so just imagine like uh, the likes of uh, lean and everyone just sat outside for mumbai indians so them coming in in place of any of uh, decock or anywhere course of the match so even he gets a game so i feel this should be restricted for foreign players i would Uh, stick to this rule it's good and it can change the course of the match uh, like say for example russell or pollard or like these players are sitting as a x factor and them coming in and any time in the match completely will change the course of the match and the impact it will bring is i feel this should be tried once rita your reaction to what naman's just said there about just using the x factors on the overseas players do you, do you see that the benefits of that no james i would like to say probably cricket isn't ready for any x factor player beauty of the game lies in reading the conditions likewise and picking a side according to yeah now with the concussion sub coming in that's something which happens during the course of the game we can allow something uh, but x factor sub it just kills the game i tend to agree with rito there naman that one of the beauties of cricket probably unlike any other sport is that you as a captain as a coach as a as a kind of management team you look at the state of the pitch you look at your opposition you look at the strength of your side and you pick your 11 accordingly now if you get that right kudos to you you got every chance of winning that game if you get it wrong that's your fault that's something that you have to kind of get better the next time rather than rejig your team midway through a game totally agree with you over there but i feel that it's not more of how the pitch and everything is it's just a situational rule where you are making just the game more exciting and not dealing with any other thing say for example it's uh, 80 for 8 wickets are down uh, sydney sixers and 
you are bringing in one X factor player and it is from there on the game could change vitally it is just completely situational and nothing related to anything else just to make game more exciting and I am only mentioning this because every league is allowing only 3 to 4 foreign players they are travelling for 2 to 3 3 months so this will only give opportunity to more foreign players uh, likewise I also want the associate players from associate nations such as uh, Sterling and Kevin O'Brien and they are like this player should be picked in such leagues because they are also good T20 players. So, this will only allow more foreign players to participate and allow they will be in the match. Any player can replace any foreign player in the course of the match. Only more participation. That's it. Uh, nothing else. Rito, I always, um, when I'm trying to judge these rule changes, and I'm not against rule changes at all. I think we'll we'll come on to the more positive um, changes that BBL have made this season. I I always try and judge them in terms of what they give to the viewing public because ultimately a T20 tournament should be for the spectators to make them happy. That's what gets bums on seats. That's what increases revenue. It kind of all rotates around that. I don't see myself what the X Factor sub gives to a supporter. I think after 10 overs, it's not been communicated communicated very well particularly at the start of the tournament and does it actually add to the game at all I don't see it does really myself yes exactly the X Factor player is probably even we don't know uh, at the beginning of the match who are the two players are the X Factor subs who can be used after 10 overs so probably if they, they are looking to stick to that rule next year then probably get it in a better way and make it more fans friendly these rules Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, get on there now. Let's move on then to the, um, I think the jury's out very much on the X Factor, so if not against it, really. Let's move on to the power surge, because there was a lot of interest in that at the start. Usually in T20 tournaments, the first six overs of your power plays, that's when you can really get off to a, a meteoric start if you bat well with the field inside the circle. Only two men allowed out in that initial six, but they changed it this year. So we had that to apply in the first four and then the final two overs of your power play could be used anywhere between the 11th and 20th over as a pair of, of overs and we've seen that uh, used to disadvantage by the Hobart Hurricanes who lost uh, shed loads of wickets in their, their two over power surge later on in the game we've seen it used though to the advantage of some sides and I think towards the end of this big bash teams have got a little bit more savvy with how they're using it they understand it a little bit more and have, have used it a little bit more to their advantage than not now man you're, you're views on the, the power surge if you if you think that's been a success this season yes i totally agree with that it i feel that it is a success somehow also seeing only four power play overs uh, 
initially is a good because it's just whacking every ball and T20 is uh, I feel a sad uh, format for the bowlers so this is only giving an advantage to the bowlers uh, because uh, I feel out of 26 overs of power play initially is a bit too much so restricting it with 4 overs and then later on using it up to 10th over also gives a more advantage to the bowlers later on in the irrespective of chasing or the first batting team but yes it's good to see because after hitting 24 deliveries out of the park and you are just backing every ball the opening batsmen the batsmen have to change their game from there on because the fielders are spread and I feel it's a good rule because you will see proper cricketing shots the drives and everything and not just ball flying out of the ground every ball so I feel it's a good rule to be implemented It's, it's been an interesting rule certainly Rito and I mean one of the things that people say as, as Naman just did there and I've said it before that T20 has become very much a batting friendly kind of format where the batsmen kind of get success the bowlers are just watching the ball fly out the ground but one of the things the power playovers does give as it's shown in some of the matches the Hobart Hurricanes lost you know twice as many wickets in the power play than any other team it does actually bring the bowlers back into play a little bit doesn't it those two overs if you use them wrongly we've seen wickets tumble too yeah passage obviously encourages the batsman to take risk and that's when bowlers get wicked and I think this has been a very exciting rule uh, from the BBL authorities actually the beauty of this rule lies how judicially the team uses it I feel this rule is used more well in the chase say I can remember one Brisbane Heat game when it was looking that Brisbane Heat will lose the game but Jimmy Pearson was there and they used got a good power surge probably 40 of the two overs and got very close to the target ultimately they lost but they got very close previously probably they would have lost it by a big margin but in such situations the power surge is bringing back interest in the game Naman it's always been six overs or certainly in, in recent times been six overs of power play we've seen it split now in the big bash four and two as we've said is, is there maybe scope to make it six overs you know return to the six over power play at the start and then one or two overs later on as the power surge why, why does it have to be four and two do you see any any changes needed in that that kind of split of the, the six overs not at all I feel it's perfect the four overs are quite enough with the new ball being bowled and uh, as I said that you will see proper cricketing shots and two overs after the tenth over is uh, quite good enough because psychologically if you see after once the fifteenth over is complete it's mentally power surge is already on because the last five overs or the team is only going for runs they have started backing the ball irrespective whether it is power surge or not so in a way this two remaining overs is only slowing down a game a bit and giving an opportunity to the bowlers to come back in because this two overs the remaining two overs is completely situational how the team is behaving after the 10th over and how what exactly that current position is after that only the two overs are being taken and irrespective of these two overs after the 15th 16th over uh, already the team is going to hit and the power hitters are coming in and whacking again out of the ground so the major impact is between the 7th and the 15th over this is where the game actually builds up so I feel this 2 overs and 4 overs is a good split up and one of the things that uh, BBL have tried to do with these rule changes is try and add a little bit more significance I guess to those middle overs isn't it to try and avoid what Naman's just said there of the the over 7 to 15 just kind of being kind of holding pattern until the, the final forays of trying to hit the boundaries to 
increase the score. One of the advantages I see of, of the power surge rule, Rito, is that we, we've seen the spinners come into the attack earlier because once that initial four overs has gone, you know, the Rashid Khans of this world can suddenly come on um, to bowl the fifth over and have a little bit more protection on the boundary. And we, we've seen that the spinners come on a bit sooner. So it's given a few more options to the fielding side too. Yes, it has obviously changed the dynamics of the game. Uh, with the spinner, the Will restrictions easing early, the spinners are coming on and they're picking up wickets. Even Danny Briggs has pulled up quite a lot in that first four blocks and he has been quite successful. Initially, he was sub- subbed out after 10 overs, but now at the latest stage of the tournament, he was quite successful. The power surge, Naman, that's something you'd keep then, is it? You'd, you'd like to see the IPL try something like that or, or use a, a variation of that in their tournament? Yes, yes, 100%. Uh, also, as you have correctly mentioned over there, the spinners uh, start bowling earlier rather than just bringing them up to the ninth or 10th over. It's more of taking the wickets with the new ball and not much taking the pace of the ball and trying and waiting for the batsman to make a mistake in the power play or uh, power surge overs, uh, initially the four overs. So I feel, yes, the, it should definitely be implemented. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite, they're just straight talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. Let's move on to the uh, boost point then. And I had a, a message on Twitter, or a series of messages on Twitter from Messi Jez, who gave me some quite interesting stats on the, the boost point. Uh, um, I'll read them out to you. So soak all this up. I had a deeper look at the boost point, he says. In 25% of games completed, 14 out of 55, the losing team still got a point. Eight times it was the team batting second. And in four of those, the winning margin was substantial. 38 runs or more. It did impact the final 5-2, he says. The Heat would have been sixth instead of fourth without it, and the Hurricanes would have qualified. It's worth noting that where the teams batting first made over 178 runs, that happened 15 times, they won all but one of the games. On this basis, it makes sense for the team batting second when chasing 180 or more to focus entirely on the 10-over score and only after that consider going for the win. To me, that corrupts the integrity of the format. He says, another interesting BBL 10 snippet. There were only four scores of over 200 in the tournament. That's obviously to date. All made by Sydney sides. Thunder had the top three scores, 232, 219 and 209. And the Sixers made two. 105 on one occasion. The lowest score batting first was the Heat making 125. Of six second inning scores below 100, three were from the Renegades. So that was the final point, was a more general point on the tournament. But what Messi Jazzy is basically saying there on, on Twitter is that the boost point, in his opinion, actually corrupts the nature of the game. The entirety of the 40 over format, the 20, 20, two sides taking 20 overs, is corrupted by having that kind of game within the game 
game at the 10 over mark. What, what's your thoughts on that, Naman? Have you seen the advantage in the in, in the boost points or do you agree with Messi, Jez, that it's maybe just kind of changed the narrative to kind of lessen the, the, the T20 element of it? No, I don't at all think that it is uh, doing any corrupting the game or I feel it's a good uh, uh, rule and uh, yes, uh, it is the teams are decided on the merit and they are chasing the score in the first 10 overs and getting a point. So uh, it's a simple rule over there uh, rather than uh, doing a lot of brainstorming and uh, I feel that the net run rate thing uh, which was decided later we have seen many times in IPL that the scores are being chased in 12 overs 14 overs uh, so mixing it and I feel it is a much more simpler rule than a net run rate, which I feel uh, is a bit more messier rule. I don't at all see that it is corrupting the game. It's a flat 10 over. The target is being chased in two parts. Uh, first is the 10 over target and the second is the 20. And uh, yes, it's a proper cricket. And uh, if it's the first uh, team, batting team has scored uh, 60 or 70 and the second team is chasing and uh, what's harm in getting one point uh, even if they lose the uh, match? Rito, can you see what... Uh... Messi Jesse saying there on Twitter that if a team gets a really big score batting first you might as well just put all of your eggs in the basket of chasing down their total after 10 overs rather than actually trying to go all guns blazing looking for the score after 20. Yes, I think the the Bashboost has had a quite a big say this year with Brisbane Heat qualifying and Howard Hurricanes missing out. And Brisbane Heat not not only did they qualify for the knockouts, but they were ahead of uh, Adelaide Strikers, and hence they got that home eliminator game. Had they not been there, maybe they had they played in Adelaide, maybe they would have messed up missed out on that spot so we don't know and I agree with him probably what do you the debate lies that do you want to reward a team who is ahead after 10 overs or do you want to reward the team who wins the game ultimately that's something we need to talk about see I'm, I'm quite a fan of the boost point I, I like it I think it's uh, just added uh, as we said before added a little bit more significance to those middle overs it's given us something to, to concentrate on around about the 10 over mark that you wouldn't otherwise have done yeah potentially that's the that's the time to go and put the kettle on isn't it whereas now it's the time to actually check out who's winning the boost point the only time I've really found it to be a, a, an issue a, a team I mean I guess it's in like Messi Jezzy's equation there where a team batting first has got 200 has batted really beautifully but say they were I don't know 65 after 10 the team batting second all of a sudden finds themselves 66 for 9 at the end of the 10th over picks up the boost point is out next ball loses by a horrendous margin but still takes a point from the game Naman there doesn't seem to be any justice in that for me where a team has been absolutely completely outplayed by their opposition but the opposition doesn't take maximum points 100% I also remember you had tweeted uh, in that match uh, where the team was all all out under 10 overs and still uh, uh, they did not get what they deserved so I completely agree with that and uh, yes it should be rectified and the end of the day they uh, they did not play 10 overs irrespective of, of whatever the rule says uh, but they should be given that point and uh, I totally agree with you over there. One of the things I thought Rita when we were talking about this during the competition in the early stages and I never got around to saying it actually on the podcast so I'll say it now the Duckworth Lewis method of calculating where a team should be at a certain stage in a chase. I always find that quite interesting, particularly when I'm commentating and it's on the scoreboard. You get a really good kind of gauge about how the team batting second is doing. So my suggestion for the boost point, to avoid what we just said there about teams getting it and then being all out in the next ball and, and losing by 140 runs, is if you actually have the 10 over mark as being the Duckworth-Lewis pass score rather than the team batting first score after 10, then you 
wickets are taken into account then. So you have to be effectively, you have to be ahead of the game at that stage rather than ahead of that 10 over mark. Do you see what I mean? There's a difference there and it would reward a team batting second for being 60 for one after 10 overs rather than being 60 for nine because they would be a long way behind the Duckworth Lewis if they were 60 for nine. Yeah, James, firstly, I would like to rectify you. It's no longer the Duckworth Lewis. It's the Duckworth Lewis turn method, isn't it? So what the point you are making is probably... if a You're a, you're a, a pernickety-nickety-nickety-soul, aren't you, Rita? You really are, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the point that you're making, say, a team is chasing in 350 now 50-overs game. They haven't lost any wickets, and the Duckworth Lewis power score then is 50. So is that okay with you? Yes, because they're still they're still well in the game and, and probably at, the, at that stage they're um, more than in contention, aren't they, to go on and win? That's interesting. But probably... I'd say, what I'd say, Rito, is I prefer to see the team picking up the point back in second actually um, being ahead of Duckworth Lewis, which I think, as I say, is, I think is a really good gauge about a chase than being 64 for nine, having no chance in the, in the entirety of the game, but still clinging on for one point where they don't deserve it. That, that's what I'm trying to avoid with that, that point. Because I really like the boost point I think it's a good addition to cricket I just don't think it's quite right as it is because you can get rewarded for being rubbish yeah I I do agree with you on that point James I mean I know it's I know it's difficult to for people to get their heads around and we're trying to get, get cricket simple but it's very easy for that DLS score to be in the corner of a screen as it is on the corner of a scoreboard and people quickly get used to that kind of thing don't they I don't think it would be too much of a jump for people's brains to actually get their head around that I think sometimes when we talk about making cricket simpler we do underestimate the powers of cricket spectators sometimes to actually understand what's going on so I, that's just something I, I'd bring in there Naman to just give that team batting, batting second the inability to get to that um, score if they were falling in a heap in terms of their wickets it brings a little bit more reality into the into the equation yes it's an interesting point you are making yes it should be tried and I feel uh, that the point you are totally making is uh, that uh, it will be a bit more fair than what it is right now and I definitely agree with you also I feel that the what Big Bash uh, this point uh, boost point is doing is that I feel there are three teams performing over there one is the Sydney Sixers uh, which are already performing good and winning every match uh, one is Renegades who are losing badly but what boost point is adding over there is the advantage they are giving it to the average performing team which are at 5th, 6th and 7th positions uh, what Renegades and which are not performing well but what they are doing is stealing this one point from the teams which are performing nicely and staying at top but they are giving stealing this one point they are giving a and what I can say is an opportunity to the average performing team to steal uh, in uh, in their games four points and give a tough uh, position to the top team and uh, be a contender till the end. Those teams would say that they won it though, Naman, wouldn't they, rather than steal? But I know what you're saying. And I, I know if I'd been the captain of a team batting first that had scored 232, had been absolutely brilliant with the bat, came out and reduced a Melbourne Renegades or another side that was struggling at the time to 64 for nine after 10 overs. I would be absolutely gutted if I hadn't taken all four points from that game because you haven't annihilated the opposition and yet they've still picked up a point. And I think I think that's the only downside with this big bash boost point. I think it does add something to those middle overs. I think it does add something to the table, but I just don't think it's quite fair at the moment and teams can pinch a point when they don't really deserve it. 
Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these Big Bash dailies. Remember, the housing market is still open, so if you're looking to take advantage of the stamp duty holiday, you're going to need a snappy solution. If your question is, what's the right mortgage for me? The answer is bluecrocodile.co.uk. let's just finish off then just go through these three rule changes that they brought in this season one last time I want you to give me a mark out of 10 for how you, how effective how how much you think it's added to the competition in a positive way let's start off with the X Factor sub now man your marks out of 10 for its effectiveness and its uh, its contribution to this big bash four Rito two and a half <laughs> I'm going to go for one because I, I really don't like it at all. Um, so that gives that a total score of 7.5 out of 30. So that's not particularly successful. Let's have a look at the power surge then. And the same kind of scoring mechanism applies. Naman, how do you see the power surge? Yeah, I, I'll give 10 out of 10. Oh, very much a fan. Rito. Eight. I think I'm with Rita there. I'm going to go eight as well. So that gets that 26 out of 30. So that's a wipe the floor with the X Factor sub. Um, and then the Big Bash boost points, um, Naman. I'll go with eight. Rito? Six and a half. And I'm going to go with seven, with the other three being the caveat of what I just said about DLS. Um, let's go through them again very quickly as well. Would you keep them for Big Bash 11? X Factor, Naman? Yes, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, restricted to foreign players. Rito? Nope. And I wouldn't either. So we're going we're gonna to bin that. I'm going to cut this short because I think we're going to say yes to both the Power Surge and the Big Bash boost point. Rito and Naman, do you agree with that? Yes, 100%. Agree. So uh, that's our our look back then we talked about the rule changes a lot at the start we've tried to keep it to a minimum since then because you can go on too long about stuff like this but we thought we'd give it a special outing one last time on these BBL 10 daily podcasts to kind of go back and see what we thought to these rule changes did they add anything to the tournament and I think uh, well the jury um, of the three of us anyway have decided that the X Factor substitution is something that well unless you're Naman and you think it should apply to just overseas players to give them a little bit more rotation it's very much a no from the Badger jury, but the power surge and the big bash boost points, potentially with a couple of modifications, are very much a yes from us. And I'd like to see them continue. I think they've added something to it. And I certainly don't criticise Cricket Australia and the big bash boost organisers for bringing in rule changes, trying something different, trying to add a little bit more razzmatazz and a little bit more tactical nows and various other things to the tournament. I think it's made us think a little bit and it's given us a bit to uh, watch as we've gone through BBL 10. Naman and Rito, as always, um, my fan badges, thank you very much for being with me today thank you James cheers pleasure James and uh, thank you to everybody out there for listening as well we'll be back tomorrow when we look at the what effectively has become the semi-final hasn't it as the Perth Scorchers take on the Brisbane Heat for the right to take on the Sydney Sixers in Saturday's final so I'll be joined by myself because I am the Perth Scorchers fan rep I'll be joined by Michael as well and also uh, a couple of other fan badges to talk about that game and then we'll look ahead to the final on Saturday thanks to Blue Crocodile UK for the support of these Big Bash dailies. I've been James the Cricket Badger and we'll see you again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash daily podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Podcast Network.